Amen. Yeah, you may be seated. And uh, always uh, thanks to the worship team uh, for leading us. Um, special time to be together. And um, yeah, we need that refiner's fire. Sometimes we don't always want it. <laughs> Sometimes when we sing that, we, I think we may replace it with Take the things that, you know, I'd like you to take, but not the things that I don't want you to. So, uh, yeah, that's an awesome, awesome song. Uh, so today, um, we'll be uh, in a couple of different places, mainly in the book of Job. Uh, we'll be in our series, Why? And so today, we're going to be talking about why pain. Um, and so the last couple of weeks, been here, been around, been listening. Uh, we've had some pain, some things going on. Uh, we lost... Uh, Henry Aldenhouse, and Sandy's here this morning too, so um, continue to pray uh, for her. So there's pain there and loss for us as a family, uh, and then there's you know pain and difficulty and uh, sickness. Uh, my wife's here today, uh, Christy, so uh, we're praising God for that. She's not 100%, but um, just thankful that she's here uh, today. It's been a trying, what's well, been I guess a week and a half since she had her seizures and was in the hospital, and so I want to thank you for your prayers. I think that uh, made a huge difference as I was um, sending things out, uh, sitting in a hospital parking lot. I uh, got a lot of encouragement, and I know the saints were praying, so I want to thank you for that. Um, and just all the other things you did, just bringing meals by and um, giving words of encouragement the last week and a half. Uh, so today, um, you can go ahead and turn to uh, Job. We'll be looking at Genesis and Revelation and just asking this question, why pain? Um, I think it's one that we, we ask a lot. Certainly when we're in pain um, or when others that we care about are in pain, uh, we ask God, why pain? Uh, and so the, the phrase you'll see on there is no pain, no gain. And I've used that before. Originally, it originated with uh, uh, fitness. Um, and so as you can imagine, unless you're willing to put some work in, then you're not going to get any gain out of that. But as I was thinking about that the last week and a half, um, you can write this down too. Um, the pain has a purpose. And so sometimes we go, well, yeah, unless we go through the pain, there's not going to be any gain. But, but what's the purpose right now? Sometimes when we're in the thick of it, we go, I really don't understand, and I'd like to. And that's an okay question to ask too. And so I hope that we can try to answer that uh, during our time today. And so no pain, no gain, and then the pain has a purpose. And so I want to share just a slide with you, because we've all been through different types of pain. Uh, and so maybe you've been in a car accident, and um, you've had some pain from that, a rehabilitation and things. Uh, these pictures are actually from a car accident that I was involved in when I was 19, so that was back in 2008, not that long ago uh, for many of us. And so I've Post those pictures. I took those afterwards. Uh, I was going through an intersection, and I had this guy in a big, you know, F-150 uh, that hit me on the driver's side, and going about 45, uh, and just crunched everything in. You can imagine all the glass was gone on that side, and my seat was sitting in the center console instead of where it was supposed to be. Uh, snapped the back axle in half, uh, and so uh, sitting there in the intersection, you know, almost blacking out, uh, was able to kind of get it scooted over to the side. And although I went to the hospital and, you know, said, hey, everything checks out, your scans, there hasn't really been a day that I haven't experienced some sort of pain because that event. And I know maybe you haven't been through something like that. Maybe you don't experience um, chronic pain. Maybe you deal with pain of a maybe more of a mental nature, maybe more of an emotional nature. Maybe you've been in an abusive situation and you still deal with pain to this day, but people just don't see it. 
And so today I hope that as we walk through this, I want to talk to you about uh, a variety of different pains. And when we look through the scripture and we see the word pain in English, we're reading in our Bibles, we, we think about a lot of different kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard for us to frame that from a biblical perspective. And so if there were any other book in the entire Bible that we would go to, it would be the book of Job. And so that's why we're going to spend more of our time there. We're going to see that there are a lot of different words for pain, and they mean different things, and they generate a different response for us and for God. So um, whatever you've dealt with in this life, I imagine that everybody in the room has dealt with some sort of pain, uh, whether it's been long-lasting or for a moment. And so we'll try to seek to understand that today. No, the car didn't make it, in case you were wondering. It was a 3000 GT. Unfortunately, it didn't, so they don't make those anymore. Uh, And So uh, hopefully you're already there, but uh, we're going to take a a little jump back to Genesis. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, my brother Andy Hamm uh, took a look at the fall, and so he did a great job with that. And as we go through this series and we ask these why questions, we're going to go back to the fall because at the very basis of why a lot of things exist, why our difficulty does, we have to go back to that place and go, okay, here's where God laid out the consequences for man's sin. And pain is one of those. So, well, you don't believe me. Let's take a look. Uh, So go back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. I want to read both of those and just uh, talk about the word for pain that is there. So in verse 16, and by the way, this is the first fill in the blank, so it should be the origin of pain. Pain always starts somewhere um, for all of us, whether it's uh, emotional, physical, mental. Um, in the Bible, pain started somewhere as well. In history, it started and here directly as a result of the fall. Here in verse 16, it says, the, the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And this word here for pain in the Hebrew, it's, it's a bone, and it just means labor, hardship, sorrow, or toil. And it's actually a word that's used throughout the Hebrew text uh, to illustrate this um, ongoing pain or this regular pain or this toil that we experience in, in everything that we go through in life. Now, there's a lot of beautiful things in life, isn't there? Uh, there's a lot of amazing things in life, but we can't get around this fact that pain does exist. Uh, and, and at its core, I think for the most of the world, um, everyone tries to find something that can lessen the pain or can get rid of that pain for a moment. Maybe, uh, maybe it's someone who gets home at the end of the day and just says, I just need to turn on you know, my favorite show, you know, or I just, need to, you know, I just need to grab a drink, you know, I just need to do something just to take the edge off. And, and if we were to look at the scriptures in their whole, and specifically as we walk through the book of Job, we're going to see that it's okay to go through the pain to express that and be honest about it, and then go, in each one of these instances that we experience it, what's supposed to be our response, or how can we, in a positive way, go to God and share that with others? Um, So we understand that there is pain from the beginning, so we've seen there's pain for uh, woman and childbearing, and if you are a woman, then you probably know that, Uh, or if you're a man and maybe you've been in the room, then you become, you know, just very, uh, very aware of that too. I've been in the room with a couple of our children who have been born, and we have another one on the way. So we're excited about that, but there's a lot of difficulty on the way. There's um, you know, things that come at the beginning of pregnancy, the sickness, and leading up to that, the difficulty, and then delivery. My goodness, I mean, women, praise God for you, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, somebody wants to give me a shot, and I'm like, um, I'm going to lay down because I might pass out. Yeah. <laughs> so guys are wimps. We know that women can handle a lot of things. But there's a result for man, too, and it's the same type of pain, just different. 
It says in verse 17, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curses the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So it's the same word for pain, just translates differently for men. So you're going to continue to toil, you're going to continue to work, and everything will be working against you that exists in the world. Something will break. Uh, I was just talking with one of our visitors, Paul, back there about uh, uh, snowblowers. And um, it's like right when you need the snowblower the most is when it breaks, right? Something fails on it, and you're like, I can't do this with a shovel. You're like, I just can't do this. Like, I, I had no idea. Like, coming from Texas, you know, it's like uh, we were talking about this too. So you get a little bit of snow, everything closes. It's great. It's just like, just stay home, everybody. You know, don't go anywhere. Like, it's dangerous out there, right? <laughs> but here, it's like we couldn't do that because it'd be like three months of like, um, okay, we can't, we can't do that. So, yeah, it's like right when you need something, it breaks, and you're like, I cannot dig out of a foot and a half <laughs> or two of snow, right? We experienced that this week. So in the same way, there's this constant toil, right, over and over and over again. And we're just going like, when will it end? Well, when we're with God in heaven, or when he makes everything right. At the end of all things, he makes this new heaven and new earth. So we'll talk about that too. But from that point of the fall, everything, right? Everything was going to fall short. Things were going to annoy us. Things are going to break, right? Right when you need them, okay? And so from this point, I want to go to this place where we can try to understand the purpose. So we've got the origin of pain. We know that. That should be clear. Uh, But here's the second fill in blank, the purpose of pain, the purpose of pain. And so uh, I'm going to kind of jump around. The texts are up there. They're kind of small, so just jump around with me in your Bible in the book of Job. Um, and this is a place I've gone to many times. Um, we've, we experience a variety of difficulties throughout our life um, from early on to later on, and they change usually. There are a variety of different kinds of pains, and we'll see those. But Job is a great place to go to and, and, and see how someone who went through Pretty much everything you could possibly imagine from a difficulty perspective or from a situational perspective, from pain, mental, physical, the anguish of it, uh, and then try to help us process it. So as we go through this, you can just make little notes. I'm going to give you six purposes for six different types of pain throughout the book of Job, and there's six verses up there because in each one of those, there's a different type of pain. When you read it, you go, that's just, that's just pain. That's just the same pain. They're actually different words, and they mean different things. So uh, let's go through it. So in this purpose of pain, uh, we go to Job chapter 6, verse 10. And this is this um, overwhelming pain, a pain that um, at times seems unbearable. And we've probably all experienced that from uh, a certain time, whether it be a physical discomfort or, or mental anguish. And so here in verse 10, it says, uh, This would be my comfort. I would even exalt in pain unsparing, for I have not denied the words of the Holy One. So in this account, Job is walking through this deep anguish. It's like this kind of pain that just won't leave you. Maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's from a car accident. Maybe it's from falling or, you know, hurting something. And you're like, it always hurts when it's about to rain, you know. Many of us have those types of pain, the ones that uh, just won't leave. And this word here for pain in the Hebrew is keel. And it just means agony, sorrow, writhing, or anguish. That sounds fun. But it's used to help us understand that um, this type of pain is uh, probably something that many of us will experience, um, one that just kind of sticks with us. So what are we supposed to do with it? Well, uh, here's purpose number one. Uh, This kind of pain allows us to trust in God when it seems like it's too much to bear. Like when we just, like we're at the end of a day and we're like, I don't think I can do this again, right? Or maybe the 
physical therapy or um, the chiropractic care, whatever you do, maybe to just kind of ease that pain a little bit, uh, just isn't working. And you're going like, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. And so God meets us in this. And for Job, he says, for I have not denied the words of the Holy One, right? We can't get to this place where we experience such pain and anguish that we just go, I just can't do this anymore. Like, God doesn't care about me because that's not true. And, and in this moment, God is meeting Job throughout this, and he's going to help us understand how do we deal with the different kinds of pain that life has to offer. So this is this kind of just ongoing, this sorrowful pain. But there's a purpose for it. This is purpose one kind of pain. This kind of pain allows us to trust in God when it seems like it's too much to bear. When you're at that point, I just can't handle it anymore and trust in the Lord. And uh, we experienced some of that this week. And so here's the second one. So there's purpose two or the second pain found in Job chapter 14. And it's this pain of the brevity of life. Like it, there's just times where like we, we feel and we understand that life is short and it's more obvious than it is at other times. Maybe when things are going better, we don't experience or not experiencing any present difficulty. <clears throat> and so uh, this verse 22 says, He feels only the pain of his own body and he mourns only for himself. Um, so there's this pain that, um, like what Job is describing here, he, he talks about how short life is and how there's some guarantees in life. Like when someone comes into the world, when they're born, they're born like a flower, he says, and they quickly wither. And the scriptures all throughout talk about our lives and how short they are and that we need to make the most of them. And with that brevity of life comes a lot of difficulty. And so Job talks about it here. He feels only pain of his body and he mourns only for himself. And this word here for pain is kawab in the Hebrew. Again, this, these are different words for pain. I know this is fun. It's like, I came on Sunday. We get to look at six different types of pain. Um, well, the, the truth is we, we deal with them on a regular basis. So if we don't understand them, and we don't know what God's word says about them, then we see pain and we just go, oh, pain. Yeah, there's pain again. But God has some specific ways he wants us to understand this. So this kawab, pain in the Hebrew, uh, means to be so entrenched in pain that it's all you can think about. It's, a, it's usually referred to like a life-ending pain. No one comes to a situation where someone's really sick, you know, or they're on their deathbed, and we, we try to remove them from that or take them from that because it can be overwhelming, and we just comfort, right? And that's what we do. And so there's the, this type of pain. So what are we supposed to do with the second purpose of pain? Well, this kind of pain draws us close to God because it reminds us of how short life is. And so this is a good thing. Um, I was, um, I know it's hard to think about it like that, like being reminded that life is short. Like, why, why do I want to think about that? Uh, I was, um, I've been reading a book um, that Spurgeon produced on his lectures. Um, that he had just all of the things that he taught his students. And one of the things he talks about for preachers was he said that um, the day before he would go and preach, so on Saturdays, he would go to um, a hospital. He would go to the worst part and he would consult people who were in the worst shape. Uh, and, and, he, and somebody asked him, why do you do this? Why do you go and uh, why, why, why do you go to those places right before you preach? He says, because I need to be reminded about the end before. And I go and I talk to the people about what they're going through right now. And, and how does this help us? Well, if we don't understand that there's a really, <laughs> there's a specific purpose for us now and that life is brief, uh, we need to be motivated, right? And when are the times you feel like you're most motivated in life? Maybe near-death experience, or maybe when somebody else, a loved one's gotten really sick, and you go like, this isn't a game, right? I mean, this isn't like I can just, you know, just do whatever you want. Life is about, you know, just getting as much joy and happiness and money and, and just cram, kind of cram in as much of that as you can in because 
there'd be an end and we'll stand before God and go in, in the midst of that and this life-ending pain, what was our perspective? Um, well, it should be that we go, it's short. So what do we do with it? Hopefully, hopefully the things that God wants us to do. And so here's the third one, Job chapter 15, verse 20. This is this pain of, uh, of really the vanity um, for the wicked. So now we go through difficulty and we go through pain and we know there's a, another purpose for it. Or there's this greater purpose for it and we can understand looking towards the end, experiencing pain right now, that there's a point and there's a purpose. But what happens when the wicked experience pain? They go, man, what's the point of this, right? <laughs> they, they turn to a drug or they turn to a bottle or they turn to something else and they go, there's no point let me just numb this as much as I can until the end comes, right? Isn't that sad? I mean, that, that you would go throughout life and you have no purpose, you'd have no ultimate goal, you'd have no perspective of eternity, but that it would just be when pain comes, there's no point. Let me just see how I can medicate this, okay? Uh, so here's the verse. Uh, it says, The wicked man rise in pain all his days. There are all the years that are laid up for the ruthless. Now, in this section, if you've read throughout the book of Job, it's painful at times because after Job, he, he loses his family, like all of his kids. Um, he loses all of his stuff, all of his livestock, his livelihood. Um, his wife is still there who at times will go like, why don't you just curse God and die? Like, she kind of took the worldly perspective, didn't she? She goes, what's the point? I mean, and, and Job's going, there's a greater purpose in this. And when he's talking about this, he goes, we're, we're, not like the, we're not like the wicked. We're not like people who don't know God who just go, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, this is the end. There's nothing worth, worth, worth anymore. And so this word here for pain is the word cool. It's not cool because it's pain, but it's the word cool in the Hebrew. It's this word for writhing, reeling, dancing, or swirling pain. It's this pain that, that as somebody who doesn't know the Lord is going through, he's going, that person doesn't know what to do. Like, they, they're just going to despair. I mean, there's been many times, I'm sure, for you, like somebody you care about who doesn't know the Lord has been going through difficulty. They're going through that pain, and they're like, I don't know what to do. And you come alongside, and you're like, hey, man, it, it's going to be okay. In fact, I've got this greater purpose that you could have in all this. And maybe you, know, you want to think about some things. And so well, we can comfort those who are going through the pain, but we can remind those who don't know the Lord who are just going, there's no point. And go, there is a point. Let me tell you about it. And so this third purpose here, if you're going to write anything down, this is number three underneath purpose. We're reminded that we have hope beyond pain for where we stand. It encourages us because, well, in the end, we know the wicked, those who don't know God, they're going to receive judgment. And for us, we're on that precipice. We can, we can encourage those who don't know God and we can go, you don't have to be like this. You don't have to have no hope when the pain comes. I've got a different perspective for you, right? So Job's talking about this. There's a guy named Eliphaz who was talking to him, and um, <clears throat> he said, hey, Job, the only reason you're experiencing difficulty is because, well, you're bad. I mean, you're naughty. You must have done something to make God upset, and that's not what was going on. You read the beginning of the book of Job, and Satan, in a very interesting interaction, uh, really very unique throughout all the text, comes to God, and he's like, hey, you know, how's it going, God? And God's like, hey, it's going all right. I'm God, so everything's good. And uh, so God goes, hey, have you uh, thought about my servant Job? And Satan just over and over again, he goes, yeah, if you let me do this, I promise you, he will, he will forsake you. And what does Job do over and over and over again? Even as his wife goes, just forget it. Just he takes the worldly side. Just don't, let's not do this anymore. It's not worth it. We have hope, right? And we can encourage those who don't know the Lord, who take this perspective. Job goes, okay, I got a little bit different perspective for you. 
Uh, and then here's the fourth one, Job 16, 5 through 6. There's this easing of pain that um, it seems like when we're entrenched in pain or we're entrenched in difficulty, like we're, it's really hard to get out of, isn't it? Like when we're experiencing something and we're by ourselves, we're alone, it's like, oh, I, I just can't, like, I can't get out of it. But what do others do for us? Other believers, other friends, other family. They're the ones that come alongside us, and so Job talks about this. In verses 5 and 6, <clears throat> he says, I could strengthen you with my mouth, and the solace of my lips would assuage your pain. If I speak, my pain is not assuaged. If I forbear, how much of it leaves me? So after Job's friends have taken their turns beating him up, about his difficulty, have taken turns kicking him while he's down and going, what did you do? Job, you must be unrighteous if these things would have happened to you. Job turns and he says something, and it's almost comical as you read it. He, he said, hey, there's, <clears throat> there's something that's supposed to be happening here, guys. And uh, I don't know if you knew, but friends are supposed to comfort. <laughs> and you know what friends can do? They have this amazing power. Other believers have this amazing power. We're in the midst of the difficulty. This pain in the Hebrew <clears throat> is the word kahab. And it can mean both a mental and a physical pain, like simultaneous like this. Um, not overbearing pain, but this just like gnawing pain that as you're going through something, you're like, you don't know how, like, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? Uh, and, and just, man, this week I had so many things, so many <clears throat> just encouragements, things that people sent to me. Um, one was from one of my friends, well, really my, my best friend who's uh, in Fort Worth, who's gone through a variety of difficulty himself. He sent me this message after I just kind of shared what was going on. I was back and forth from the hospital. Uh, he said, I'm grieved to hear your pain. I love you both dearly. I'm praying for you sincerely for strength and recovery. So what do we do? What do believers do? What do friends do? Well, we, we bear this up together, right? We, we go through the pain together, and when somebody comes alongside you and goes, hey, it's going to be all right. Like, like when you say that to yourself, you're like, I don't believe it, <laughs> right? I don't believe that myself. Uh, but when somebody else says it to you, you're like, man, that, that's got to be true. Somebody else said that, empowered through the Spirit of God to encourage us, and we're like, that must be true because it came from God through the believers. So uh, we've got this amazing ability to encourage, to distract um, others, to, to not necessarily come in the room and, and go, maybe it's in a hospital, maybe it's somewhere else, and we're going through difficulty. And, and what do you do with your friend? What do you do with that fellow church member, a family member? You don't walk in and go, this is kind of all your fault. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe you could have avoided this. No, you, you come in and you go, hey, how can I help? How can, I, how can I be here? Let me encourage you. And this is not you know, where this situation ends. There's hope, right? We have this amazing power that at times I think we, we, like, we walk into these situations of pain, of difficulty, and we're uncomfortable, right? You walk in the hospital, like that's not a place anybody really wants to be, right? Especially if somebody you care about is there and is in a difficult situation. You want to be there to care for them, but if you have to go in there and you hear the pain and the difficulty that other people are going through, and you walk in the room, and it's like, this is not how it's supposed to be. It's difficult, right? It's painful. There's anguish in it, but we have this amazing power that, like God, and I know you know it, it's like God, when you're walking into that situation, you're like, I don't know that I want to be here. Maybe you're going to an aging, like an aging loved one, and, and you're like, ah, I don't even know if they're going to remember my name. Like, why, why am I here? But because God gives us this amazing ability to give hope and encourage and raise up. So when we look at this word in the Hebrew, the kahab, it means 
something more. We have this purpose. So purpose number four is others' pain gives us a chance to comfort them. Like if others didn't experience pain, we know we do, but if others didn't, then how would we be a minister of the gospel to them? It's one of the, uh, one of the most amazing purposes that we have to relieve suffering and pain. Uh, I don't know if you know, but most hospitals, and there's still some around now, uh, were started through Christian organizations and churches. Uh, and so we still see some of those, like, you know, there's actually a hospital uh, that I went to for my dad when um, he had some health issues in uh, San Antonio. It was a Baptist hospital. And I was like, I've never even, <laughs> never even heard of one of those, but they still have them. So Baptist hospitals, Presbyterian hospitals, there's a bunch of hospitals, Catholic Health, we have a lot of that around here, that were started by churches, right? So we've kind of got away from that, privatized things, whether that's good or bad, I won't comment on, but, but here we see that God's original purpose, His intent was to use us, use His people to relieve that suffering. And maybe you're like, well, I, I'm not a doctor, I can't, what am I supposed to do? A word of encouragement for hope, right? And that's, what, that's one of the main things that God wants us to do, okay? So purpose number four, others' pain gives us a chance to comfort them, gives us a chance to comfort them. And here's number five, uh, chapter 30, verse 17. <clears throat> this pain is, can be one that's associated with like um, uh, abuse that kind of turns into chronic um, difficulty. Maybe it's of a mental, uh, a mental persuasion, like we, maybe there was a verbal or physical abuse when you were younger and like you still hang on to some of those things and like you've never talked to anybody. Well, interestingly enough, Job talks about that kind of pain. Uh, here in verse 17, it says, The night racks my bones, and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. And this word here for pain, and again, it's another different word. We read it in English, we're like, we just see pain, we just see pain. It's a different word. It means something for us. So this shakab pain in the Hebrew uh, tells us that this specific pain, it can refer primarily to abuse that's gone on, like this gnawing pain that maybe nobody else even knows about that we just kind of like call. And, and w- what I would really just call it would be like the baggage pain. I mean, like the pain that we experience from like things that happened from childhood up through adulthood. Maybe somebody didn't like treat you well. Maybe somebody said something. You're just like, ah, oh, I just you believe that like for so many years and like you haven't been able to excel in one area because you're like that person said I was no good and you're just like you can't let it go right and I always think about that phrase um, that kids say on the playground sticks and stones may break your bones but words will never hurt you and that couldn't be like the farthest thing from the truth right and so Job talks about this 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 chronic maybe even more like psychological pain that that God's going like there's, there's hope, like, you know, you need to talk to somebody about that. We, we're always so, I think, um, shameful, or like, we think it's disgraceful to share things of a abusive nature, or things that, like, we've just held on to, that maybe we think, like, oh, somebody wouldn't understand. Well, what is Satan doing? I mean, he's just whispering in our ear. He just wants us to be in, under uh, bondage of being, like, abound to this pain that he, he, he goes, if I can get them to not share it with somebody, if I can get them to not talk about it, if I can get them to go, and somebody will judge me, they will make me feel shameful if I were to ever share that with them. What does Job do? He says here, the night racks my bones and the pain that gnaws me takes no rest. Well, I can tell you what that pain will do to you if you don't share it with somebody, if you don't um, reach out, if you don't get help. Like everybody hears that word, get help. Like you need to get help and they think, crazy, Right? And that's not fair. 
right? Because there's so many things that in a fallen world, whether it be from like a psychological nature or just a, an abusive nature, the things that we've gone through that we just go like, I just can't. Like if somebody knew that about me, like they wouldn't love me. And the good news is that Jesus already does. He, he loves us no matter what. And the family of faith should be that way, right? I mean, shame on us if somebody walked in the doors and shared something with us and we were like, That's, what did you do? To deserve that. I and mean, we're no better than Job's friends who are talking to him going, what did you do, Job? What did you do to deserve that? And nine times out of 10, probably more than that, probably more like 99% of the time, uh, we didn't do anything to deserve that pain or to go through that or to experience that. But it's just that we haven't shared it. And I'll share a story with you. I won't tell you who it is, <clears throat> but an acquaintance of ours uh, who we went to school with, uh, a young family, uh, who a guy was a pastor and went through some difficulty in his ministry and had some accusations, some things that went on, whether or not they were true, he internalized it um, and, and didn't really talk to anybody about it and kind of went throughout uh, the next couple of years of his life um, just kind of holding that in and going, shamefully and it's wrong, whatever, I don't want to talk about it. And he ended up taking his own life. And and in those situations we go, and that's that's horrible, like that's so awful, that's wrong, and, and you'd be right. But I always ask this question, like, did he have anybody that he could have talked to? Did he have anybody that he could have gone, and that, that's the person I can go and I can say something to about what's going on, right? Satan wants to keep us in this place with this pain, in this lonely space, because that's where he can control us, right? And so what do we do with this pain? Well, we've seen a lot of other types of pain, but, but don't let this one get you because this is one of the most destructive kind of pains that there is out there, the one that's um, hidden, the one that uh, gnaws at you, right, in in the night. Uh, And and God wants us to share that, right, not make people feel shame, uh, shameful or bad. And so this fifth purpose here, our long-term pain, maybe this psychological pain caused by abuse or a situation we couldn't let go or somebody's word that they said to us that was hurtful. Well, what does it do for us? Well, we should, if something's happened to us, we should share. You know, we should reach out to somebody. Um, and, and just so you know, there, there's a lot of people here who care about you if you're here. Um, Christy and I are here, a lot of really awesome people here in our church that um, I would be able to connect you with. If you were having something you were going through and you just didn't think that anybody would understand, I promise you there'd be somebody that did. So purpose number five, our long-term, it would be psychological or pain driven by abuse or hurt, uh, causes us to, well, gives us the option to share with somebody, and to help somebody else that's maybe going through a difficult season. When somebody shares something with you, like we should never go, that's silly, or that's stupid, or you shouldn't be upset about that. We should go, I, I'm so sorry that you've gone through that. How, how can I help you, okay? And so here's the last one, uh, Job chapter 33, verse 19. This is this sixth purpose in Job's pain of all the pains that he shares, uh, what he's experienced. And this is this uh, pain of mankind. It's like the universal pain uh, for whatever we might go through. Uh, He says in 19, Man is also rebuked with pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bones. Um, It's a word really closely associated to that uh, etzabone pain that's uh, at the beginning of Genesis where where pain enters the story and then it doesn't leave, right? It hasn't left since. This word in the Hebrew is the makob. It's this general form of pain that can be both mental or physical. And we, we deal with a variety of things. I feel like some types of pain, like, we just feel like we're supposed to hide. Again, it's like that. It's like that pain of maybe a depression or anxiety. We go, I shouldn't talk to anybody. I shouldn't share that. I can handle it. Newsflash, you might not be able to, and that's not a road you want to go down by yourself, okay? 
And so we need to share that. But then in this type of pain, we see that in the sixth purpose, uh, this pain helps us understand that since no one's immune, right? You can write that down. Nobody's immune from pain. Like I feel like um, in our culture, the like let's just try to get rid of the pain. Let's do as much as we can to get rid of it. And we, we can be in that place. We'll be happy. It just keeps coming back. Just different types of pain keep coming back, doesn't it? It just shows up. <clears throat> and so how do we do this? Well, this pain helps us understand that since no one's immune, we're all doing this together. And we should know that as the family of God. Like we even hide things from each other as the family of God. So we just go, no, they couldn't handle that. Or I, and I don't feel like anybody understands what I'm going through. And then we're just held by it. We're in bondage and we, we don't think that we can share it. So the pain helps us understand that since everybody goes through pain, right? You, me, everybody in the room, what happens? We're all doing it together. So nobody's different, nobody's immune, nobody can get away from this. So as we do it together, we should be able to go, okay, because we do this together, and there's nothing that I couldn't share with somebody, there's nothing that I couldn't reach out for help on, that the family of faith shouldn't go, I'm here, let me help. Or let me get you connected with somebody else who can. So uh, because we take this pain so much of the time and we internalize it, we take all these responses, all these purposes that God gives us in the pain, how we're supposed to respond, uh, what we're supposed to do with the pain. Many times it's to draw us to God. That's primary purpose. And then it's to draw us to one another. But we ignore it. We pretend like it doesn't exist or we just go, they wouldn't understand. I don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. What does God want us to do with this pain? He wants us to go, hey, I understand every type of pain that you've been through. The scriptures tell us that Jesus was this empathetic high priest. He experienced everything that we could possibly go through in regards to pain, both mental and physical and emotional for that matter. And Job reminds us that, man, <clears throat> there can be some difficult times, right? it would be difficult times for everybody. And he uses a different type of pain for each of these different types of pain that he's describing so that when we would read this, we would go, oh, it's not just generalized pain. There's specific things that we go through, and there's a specific response that God gives to us. And I'll close out with this, just um, in Revelation. I feel like it's important for us because we talk about pain a lot. It's just kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't realize there was that many types of pain out there. This can, it kind of gets depressing, but there's good news, isn't there? It's not that we just, we're, we're drawn to God. That's part of our purpose in pain, that we're drawn to each other. But he's pointing us towards this eventual place where there's not going to be any more pain, right? And this is found in Revelation 21, 1 through 4, because there's an end to pain. And that's the last line. So that's easy. There's an origin, there's a purpose in the midst of the pain, and then there's an end to it. <clears throat> so it says this in verse 1 of chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. Uh, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So that word there for passed away, you see at the front end of the text, and at the end of these four verses, uh, passed away, a parakimo in the Greek, and it just mean, it, it means evils and sufferings leave. When we talk about somebody passing away, what are we saying? Well, if we understand it from what the Bible says, here's what makes it really clear for us. 
when the authors were writing the Bible and God was intending them to, to say these words, he wanted to understand that when someone passes away, evils and sufferings leave. So, so a couple of months ago, uh, Matt stepped in and did a really a message on heaven and kind of talked about that, how we, we, <clears throat> we walk into this place, excuse me, we walk into this place um, of heaven when we die and we pass away. It's so all these evils, all these sufferings, and they leave us immediately. It's one of the reasons that although there's pain in losing someone, we, <clears throat> as we look towards that situation, we go, some people will say, they're in a better place. Now, at times, that statement can bother us because we're like, well, it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the pain. And it's not meant to take away our pain. But what is it meant to do? We'll reassure us that as someone passes, they're leaving this evil and this suffering. So they're with God in heaven, and then God's going, I'm preparing an even greater place for everybody. This new heaven, this new earth. I mean, it's like amazing to think about, like new heaven, new earth. Like Everything's coming down, and God's like, here it is. I've had it ready. And now it's a place that we get to dwell together. And <clears throat> well, what happens? Well, he gets rid of a lot of things, doesn't he? <clears throat> one of them's uh, death. One of them's pain. So we'll talk about those just briefly. Death. <clears throat> it's a word that, um, well, most of the world's scared of, right? You look at all the words, like all the things that people are scared of. Uh, I was talking to Gene about this. Uh, it was probably a couple months ago. <clears throat> what people are most scared of. What's the number one thing you think people are scared of? All the world. Death is pretty close. Public speaking is normally number one. But, so I'm like, yeah, like, look what I get to do for a living. It's awesome. Right? <laughs> Every week. So uh, public speaking, that's actually number one. And then the second one is death, right? Now, we all think about it. We all go like, what's going to happen? And God says, hey, in this new place that I've been preparing for you, <clears throat> guess what there's not going to be? Physical death, right? Because it's okay. I, I had a girl, a young girl, who was <clears throat> going to get baptized in the church we were coming from, and we were talking about salvation. And she goes, I just, <clears throat> Pastor Mike, I just need to talk to you about something I'm scared about. And uh, the parents were there, and they're like, you know, don't talk about that. Like, we just, let's just talk about baptism. And she goes, no, I'm really worried about this. I'm scared about death. She whispered it to me like it was like something, you know, don't tell anybody else. <clears throat> and um, I leaned over to her. I said, sometimes I am too. And it's something that we all go through, right? We, we anticipate that and we go, I know I'm going to be in heaven. I know I'm going to be with God. But there's, there's a difficulty and there's a, there's a pain in thinking about the fact that we will go through that at some point, isn't there? Right? It's okay to like a little kid goes, I'm kind of worried about this, right? <laughs> Me too, right? Me too. But here's the good news. <clears throat> God's going to make everything right. And he's going to get rid of all this stuff. So we got this death, this thanatos in the Greek, which is the physical death, right? It's not going to be present. We're in the new heaven and the new earth. And then there's this word, pain. That's what we've been talking about. He says, well, there's good things. There's not going to be mourning or crying, but there's not going to be pain anymore. And this word here in the Greek is the word ponos, and it <clears throat> literally, literally means great trouble. So what did Jesus talk about with his disciples? He's telling them, hey, I'm going to send you out into the world and uh, be ready because you're going to experience great trouble because there's great trouble in the world. But don't worry, I've overcome the world. And so this is the anticipation. This is the hope. Uh, Jesus isn't, God's not going as he's writing this like, you're not going to experience pain right now. I'm, I'm not going to completely alleviate that right now because what does it do? It points us towards heaven and this blessing that God is giving to us <clears throat> in this future restoration. So no death, no pain. There's a lot of other things we're not going to experience. Tears, no mourning, no pain. And these former things, what have they done? They've passed away. These evils, all this stuff's going to disappear, right? 
That's what we have to look forward to. It doesn't take it away right now. Uh, we experience it now, but we, what do we do? We grow closer to God. Those are our main purposes. We grow clo- tr- close to one another, right, as we do this together, okay? And so I want to close with this. Just, um, <clears throat> you know, the last couple of weeks, we've, our church family's been going through a lot. Actually, David um, Gray, he's in the hospital right now. Um, so be praying for our brother who had to go in for some heart things and had a pacemaker put in. So we'll share some things this week about that. But <clears throat> he's still there. He called me yesterday. Uh, we, were going to, we were doing the men's uh, prayer breakfast up here at the church uh, Saturday morning, and uh, he goes, hey, Pastor, I just wanted you to know, I'm doing great. <laughs> so he just came out of the surgery. He said, I'm doing great, and I want you to know, I'm praying for our family, and I wish I could be with them. And uh, so, man, just uh, what an awesome guy. You know, he's taught me a lot just in the last couple of years about following the Lord and being faithful and just having a good attitude, even when I know he's going through some pain, right? But what's his, his perspective? I want to encourage the people, right? And so that's what he does. It's what we should be doing on a regular basis. But never lose sight of this, this um, hope that we can have. I want to share just one more text with you because it's like I have like a thousand text messages on my phone like over the last couple of weeks uh, from people. <clears throat> and I want to share another one with you. Um, I didn't ask Andy if it was okay, but he sent me something this week. I'm assuming it's okay. He's sitting right there. He's not shaking his head, so I'll, I'll share it. So, uh, and this was just kind of out of the blue, and so we kind of gone back and forth from coming back from the hospital and just going like, you know, God, what was the purpose of all this? Like, I'm, I'm worn out. Uh, and so what's the purpose? Well, he sent this. He said, just letting you know, we're praying for Christy and you today. Uh, we know it's been a lot to handle lately. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but we cling to the truth of God's goodness and his great love for us. And we all need that from time to time, right? And I think we think like, I know they're going through the pain and they're going through the difficulty. Don't say anything. You're not going to make it any better. What can you do? Who is that? That's Satan whispering in our ear. And God wants to give us the ability to encourage and lift up. And uh, man, you guys have done that for us this week. I can't tell you. From that moment that um, I was uh, running to help Christy, she called for me in the middle of the night. Uh, That's just the worst feeling in the world. And then having her go through multiple, those multiple seizures and um, calling 911 and having people I know from the fire department come in the middle of the night uh, and then trying to figure out what's going on. I, I, at that moment, when I was in the middle of this on the phone, I was going, I don't know if this is the end because of the kind of seizure that it was. And if nothing else, like as we're going through that type of pain for people that we care about and for ourselves, uh, we, we have to go... God, what, what are you trying to teach us? What's the purpose of this? Because it's easy just to go, this is the worst thing ever, right? Because at the time, and it can be, right? But what do we do? We go, God, what are you trying to teach us? And I can't tell you that if it's strange to have peace in the middle of like what was going on for us, I can't tell you how much I had that. Not just, and it was partly, it was definitely because of the Lord in the moment, uh, but then just like after the fact, Christy being in the hospital, I was like, where does my hope come from? Well, I know it comes from God, but what were we doing? What were the saints doing? What do you guys do? We encourage, right? We lift up. We pray for. And you guys were doing that over and over again. So I just want to thank you for that and just the encouragement that you gave. And you've continued to give because we go through the pain, don't we? We go through the difficulty. And there's a purpose in it, not for us to despair, but for us to find hope in God and the hope that can come from one another, bringing encouragement, okay? So let me pray for us. We'll close. I really didn't mean to um, cause a lot of tears. Just wanted to, uh, just wanted to share with you where we were at and um, just share with you the encouragement we can have. Because, um, man, the pain does come, but there's purpose in it, right? Purpose in this life for sure, okay? Uh, let, me, let me pray for us and we'll close. Uh, Father, we um, thank you. 
uh, for the time to be here this morning. Um, God, it can be so difficult in life. Uh, man, the things that um, come, you know them, you see them, you see them in advance. Thankful that you do. Um, we don't. We probably wouldn't be able to handle it if we knew what was coming in the future. But God, we're thankful that in each of these types of pain um, that you, you show us something we need to learn, something we need to grow in, something we need to see. Uh, and God, we're, we're so thankful that as we go through the difficulty, uh, as we um, experience it while we're in the moment, God, you give us hope, you give us encouragement, reassure, reassurance. Uh, God, as we look at a world that's around us that um, suffers pain and difficulty and the evils that the fall has brought, um, God, help us to be that encouragement there too, but to know that there's a reason that if somebody doesn't know you, God, they don't have hope. We do. Um, uh, I'm very grateful for that, um, the week, couple of weeks that you've given us, just reminding us uh, about your goodness and um, your faithfulness no matter what's going on in our lives. Uh, we love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen. Uh, just as a reminder,